from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women here on Business Radio X. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and it is with great pleasure that I introduce our distinguished guest today, Miss Lisa Proctor. How are you today, Lisa? Hi, Amanda. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. For those of you that are unfamiliar with our series, this is a series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. And today, again with Lisa joining, uh, she has a large footprint in the Gwinnett marketplace and beyond. She is the CEO and president and owner of Sanford Rose Associates, Lake Lanier Island. But in addition to that, she also leads the charge for the Peachtree Corners Business Association. And that's how she and I met a couple years ago at a fantastic event. And we'll talk about all those offerings as we get through the interview. But Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm so glad we finally were able to get together. Thank you so much. I am looking forward to it and just can't wait to get through the process. Well, let's tell our listeners a little bit about Stanford Rose, if they're unfamiliar with what you guys mm -hmm. do. Share a little bit about your, um, would you call it an agency? It's uh, I call it a firm. A firm. And uh, Stanford Rose is an executive search firm. Um, we I am part of a network of 165 offices across the U.S., and we have a couple of global locations. Um, the great thing about my office is we're able to work nationally. So um, although we're located here in Peachtree Corners, uh, we are able to work with companies across the, across the globe. Um, we primarily specialize in placing mid-executive level individuals um, in roles that include uh, what I call risk mitigation, um, whether it's in finance, accounting, um, cybersecurity, insurance, financial services, that's really the area that we specialize in. And the great news about um, being part of the Sanford Rose Network is if we do have companies that reach out to us is we're able to um, actually bring in some of our recruiting partners mm -hmm. and be able to cover industries that maybe we don't necessarily have all the expertise in, but we know we can put them in touch with the right people. That's really interesting. I'm curious by nature, mm -hmm. but curious specifically about this when you mentioned recruiting partners. Mm -hmm. So these are maybe like a preferred, I don't want to say vendor, but some preferred resources that you've had success with working in the past that serve different verticals than you can. So collectively, you're able to serve the needs of your client. Absolutely. And the difference is one of the reasons that I chose Sanford Rose as a place I wanted to do business is because of my long-standing career in recruiting, I knew partners outside of the network as well as partners inside the network. And Sanford Rose allows us to pick and choose who we want to partner with, whether they're in the network or outside the network. So we're able to bring the best for our clients. Very, and tailor-made because Absolutely. you get to select. We get to select exactly um, the contracts we do. We get to select the services we do and provide, and they give us all that flexibility. Wow. 
Well, as Lisa mentioned, she does have over 25 years of experience in the executive recruiting world. Uh, and she mentioned human resources, talent acquisitions, corporate training, accounting, operations, and strategic planning. Before the show, you and I were chatting and you shared uh, the, the founding story of how you kind of were connected with Sanford Rose and how you cut your teeth and then decided mm -hmm. to become a partner. Would you be willing to share that journey with our listeners? Absolutely. One of the fun things that happened to me was um, when I, I had been with AXA Equitable and Equitable Life Insurance for right at about 10 years. And they decided they were going to move my job to uh, Charlotte. And then after a year, they were going to move me to Jersey City. And I just didn't see that happening. And so I decided to open up my own recruiting firm. I had been uh, with Axe Equitable, I had been the U.S. representative for a global hiring initiative and was traveling to Paris about three to four times a year and really knew that I wanted to open up my own firm. And that sounds luxurious. It was awesome. <laughs> I would have not left if they hadn't just told, when they mentioned Jersey City, I went, that's not happening. And so, but what was so exciting about that opportunity is I said, I'm going to, I know what I want to do. I want to open up my own recruiting firm. And I hung out my shingle right, I think, the week before the entire stock market fell apart in 2008. Mm. And I was calling all my contacts and everybody said, you know what? We're not allowed to work with firms that are that young because banks weren't loaning money at that time. Everything was, and they said, you have to be in business at least two years before we'll sign the contract with you. Wow. And I said, I got to do something. And I had the privilege and the opportunity of meeting the franchisor of Sanford Rose Associates, um, the actually doing the franchise selling. And so I got the opportunity to do my due diligence and do it from working inside for the franchisor before I decided that I wanted to be part of the network and have my own office. And so the role I took for myself was actually selling franchises because it was the right way for me to make sure I had the right partners in the network. So it was just a win-win for me and it, it's just been a great experience um, now that my office has been open since 2010. So you kind of learn the ropes, well, A, from the, the founders, exciting. I'd say you're probably most versed within the brand as a whole. I was able to learn what, because I knew I knew recruiting. I wasn't worried about how to recruit, but I wanted to be sure that I was recruiting. There's a lot of different firms out there. There's not always a lot of barrier for people to say, hey, I'm going to hang my shingle and I'm going to be a recruiter. So I wanted to make sure that I associated myself with the best. Um, I wanted a brand that was tied to integrity and very strategically was going to be somebody that I didn't have to worry about my clients being concerned about. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, to really do that due diligence as a franchise owner from the inside was just such an opportunity that I just couldn't have been more proud of. And so it was, it's just been a great experience. Well, congratulations to you. Mm -hmm. Thank I you. know I know that you're um, very enthusiastic about what you do, and that's evident. 
I'm just curious from the inside out. I'm very um, intrigued by franchises. So essentially, as a seller for franchises, are any of the franchisors that you helped bring on still in existence? Do you work well, with the them? Fr- the franchisees, um, when the franchisor sells to the franchisee, mm-hmm. and a couple of them are still with the network. Um, a couple of them, one of the exciting things is when uh, the franchisor that I started with sold to uh, Kay Bassman and uh, they really built that partnership. One of the exciting things is um, we have all the resources because uh, the current franchisor um, was looking to expand their practice and the original owner was looking to um, be able to step aside and not run both an office and a franchise. So it was such a great opportunity for them to kind of make that transition. And the benefit that we have is we have now somebody who can provide the training, the marketing, all of the resources that we need in a, on a much better scale. So it's been good. Well, I'm curious because you mentioned working with um, national clients. And mm-hmm. before the show, you and I were chatting about uh, Zooms from international clients where it might have been, we'll say 5 p.m. in their area and 4 a.m. in yours. Talk about some of the challenges that you have to overcome as a recruiter that staffs nationally or worldwide. Um, I think the thing that we've learned the most is if we're going to work nationally, I have a great team of recruiters that works with me, um, and we adjust our schedules accordingly. We know we're not afraid to take um, the old adage of I'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh, I don't need a lot of sleep, but I do want some, and I don't want phone calls at 4.30 in the morning. But uh, the great thing is we're able to flex our time, and that's the benefit of owning your own practice and owning your own firm, we selectively can work on projects that we know that we can adjust our time accordingly. Um, But it gives us the opportunity, even when there's a downturn in some area of the market, we can actually shift and adjust our business to target where the market is hot. And so it's given us a lot more um, autonomy and Mm -hmm. flexibility to do the best for us and for our clients. Do you have bilingual or multilingual um, recruiters within your firm? We do. And I can say I'm almost embarrassed to admit that uh, sometimes I don't speak fluently as many languages. But the one thing I learned when I was on the project working uh, with Axe Equitable is I'm also not afraid to get interpreters. And to make sure if I don't understand or if I need to bring in a resource, uh, making sure you bring the right resource and learning you don't have to be the expert on everything. You just have to know the right people who are. And not being afraid to get those people involved in the process. You don't have to be the expert on everything. You just have to know the right people that are. It is. I had to say that again for myself. Lisa, when you were looking at me, I thought you were about to break out in some French because you said you had been to Paris four times. (laughs) I said, she's about to start speaking French and I'm going to be in awe. That would have been amazing. Well, and what's so bad is I didn't know French Mm -hmm. and that's how I learned. I literally had uh, traveled with somebody who was an interpreter and I had had a head foot on where I had 
voices coming in both ears so I could hear the translations wow. because um, on the project that I was working in, there were about 30 countries there. So trying to make sure and discovering the challenges of recruiting across you know different countries, different cultures, culture, yeah. different things, and laughing when they said we're having trouble um, bringing on financial advisors in some of these countries. And when I asked, where are you recruiting them from? And they went, well, we go to the bar and then we go to there. And I'm like, you're recruiting professional financial advisors in a bar. But in some countries, that was where they were recruiting. And I said, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have been how we would have approached it. So it taught me a lot. I felt like, yes, I got to be part of it, but what it taught me and I realized, wow, you think you know so much, but there's so much out in the world that if I hadn't had that exposure, I don't think it would have prepared me the same way. Hmm. So it was really, I, I feel like I got as much from the company as I felt like I gave. Absolutely. And je definitely enriched you. I have a funny story just really quickly. Are you familiar with the company Modern Woodsmen of America? I'm not. I don't know that it's of America. It might just be called Modern Woodsman, but they're like a benefits company. All through college, I worked at the same Longhorn in Peachtree mm -hmm. City, Georgia for four years. And it's so funny that you said recruiting from a bar because I'll never forget. I had a table, a lunch mm -hmm. uh, group of executives that all work for Modern Woodsman and just selling them steaks and margaritas. The fella asked me if I was looking to um, uh, explore, you know, something different. He didn't know I was in school at the time. But he tried to recruit me for Modern Woodsman right then and there at Longhorn. He asked me to come to this class, etc. So I thought it's funny that you mentioned that. It's it's definitely over the years. Um, I've seen de different uh, insurance companies, and that was kind of the mindset. Because at first, when I first went to work for Equitable, I was a little shocked that they didn't have more women. And then I started thinking about, you know, they had been in business for over 150 years, and initially. The people who sold insurance were men just from the standpoint mm -hmm. of the women might have been at home yep. taking care of the family, putting the kids to bed, and they were the ones that met with families. But to me, it was just like, you got to be kidding me. How many yeah. women do you have? And you need to do this if you want to make it part of your culture. Absolutely. And look at you. You've got your own Absolutely. branch. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to, I definitely want to dive into the PCBA, but I'd like to um, just really quickly ask you as far as from recruiting, you deal with a lot of leaders, and you yourself obviously have um, lots of leadership qualities and you can identify excellence. What are some things that you look for in case we have any listeners that are out there seeking a role? What are some pointers that you could give? to make them be more attractive or appealing um, to a possible company that they want to work for or work with? Or what Absolutely. do you look for to qualify your candidates that you want to fill roles with? I think the biggest thing is um, just being transparent. Uh, the, the biggest challenge that we've got with people is um, if you don't know what you're looking for, make sure that you need to have, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, I don't even know what to say. Right. Um, it, it's just, if you want to be out there, you can choose how much you share, but at least put your thoughts together. Um, we also, especially with executive leaders, um, we also recommend that they put together a 
recruiting plan no different than what they would do as a marketing plan because at the end of the day they're marketing themselves and what they need to do is really think about what do they want in from their next role and what do they want to avoid because so many times people focus on I want this job but if they don't understand the culture of the company they don't understand all of those nuances they spend a lot of time chasing things that aren't going to be a good fit for them anyway and once they can really clearly when we're working with a lot of executives I have a two-page template I send them that says I want you to just answer these questions and whether they use it working with me or they use it as part of their recruiting plan it helps them think about what really are their key um, uh, strengths and what are things that they really aren't so strong at and making sure that those things are aligned because even when we're recruiting with people I will pull a candidate from a role if I don't think it's the right fit for them huh. and I'll talk to them before I do yeah. it but I'll say let's go back and look at what you told me you're looking for are you sure this role lines up that's and fantastic. because I don't want them to make a change just to make a change. And right. sometimes maybe that impacts our bottom line, but in the long term, it doesn't. Because we're not going to just try and close the deal. We're going to try and make sure it's the right fit. And that's very important to me. Because you want the talent to be retained. We want it to be retained. In fact, one of the exciting things, I was talking to one of my clients that just um, has told us they're going to renew uh, our contract for another three years. Congratulations. And, which is very exciting. And every single person we have placed with them over the last 10 years is still with the company and has either is either in the current role or been promoted to new roles. But it's because they were the right fit. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that it doesn't have to be high volume. It has to be the right people. I like that, the right fit. I know you probably can't disclose the name of that company, but can you uh, share like what industry is it? Is it it's, tech, it's medical? It's an insurance. It's a big insurance uh, industry. Um, great company. In great. fact, one of the things I was, it's a hard because, but it is our reality, is there, for us, there's really only two kinds of um, companies. There's our clients. Mm -hmm. And there's the other companies because uh -huh. we need a source of candidates and we don't recruit out of our clients. And so we really look for clients that want long term relationships. They want strategic partners. They don't they don't want us to be a transactional recruiter. Like if that. they want to work with us as a transactional recruiter, we even will recommend maybe they don't work with us mm -hmm. because we are helping companies with succession planning. Uh, we're helping companies right now. One of the big challenges over the last three years is we're dealing with um, salary compression mm -hmm. and all the challenges where the company was willing maybe to throw a lot of money to get talent because they were quickly trying to fill jobs but they didn't take good care of their current employees mm -hmm. and now they're running into their you've everybody's heard the buzzwords the great um, you know uh, resignation and the great you know renegotiation what we're saying is if you're dealing with strategic approaches to your hiring and you're maintaining your talent you're not just you're not struggling with some mm -hmm. of those things but don't deal with the if you don't don't ignore it and don't pretend it doesn't exist because it does it does very cool I, I had no idea that the insurance um, world was growing so much so quickly well, if you think about it, um, 
during COVID, especially in the life insurance space, people, a lot of people didn't necessarily feel like they had to have insurance, especially maybe a younger generation. It was not something that was a priority. But COVID brought people into a whole nother world of thinking, wow, this could happen. Right. And what people wanted to know is, is there a policy that fits where I am in my life? And so what really helped is, like just like I said with risk mitigation, it increased the need for underwriters and actuaries mm -hmm. and people who are analyzing those kinds of things. Just like in the mortgage industry, we deal with mortgage underwriters. And when the housing market got hot, you're dealing with risk mitigation when you're writing a loan. So all of those things play really well together. If anybody's out there listening and they might like to learn more about Sanford Rose Associates, Lake Lanier Islands, or possibly mm -hmm. uh, have a conversation about partnering with you for mm -hmm. their talent needs, how could they find you? Absolutely. We've got our website, and it's a mouthful, uh, but it's at SanfordRose.com uh, forward slash Lake Lanier Islands. Uh, they certainly can also reach out to me um, at Lisa.Proctor at SanfordRose.com. Um, and we definitely try and get back to people. So that's not a problem. Fantastic. And uh, when we come back from our break, Lisa, we're going to dive into all of the wonderful offerings and efforts within the Peachtree Corners Business Association. Perfect. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail, with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, joined in studio today by Lisa Proctor. Earlier, we were speaking with Lisa Proctor, president, CEO, and owner of Sanford Rose & Associates, Lake Lanier Island. But now we're speaking with Lisa Proctor, president of the Peachtree City Business, excuse me, Peachtree City Corners Business Association. I got so tongue-tied. And I always miss, I always get association and alliance confused because I'm a part of alliances and associations. But I say that jokingly, but Lisa wears so many hats that keeps her so busy. <laughs> she organizes a variety of events for the community with an emphasis on Norcross and Peachtree Corners, which is a thriving area right now. We're going to get into that. Um, and I'd just like for you to share your passion behind uh, launching that organization and some of the things that you guys do, because one of the things I want us to touch on is your philanthropy efforts within the community. So I'll let you kind of right. uh, lead the way. Well, and the good thing about it is um, the city of Peachtree Corners is just now celebrating their 10-year anniversary. The city was formed in July, and the Peachtree Corners Business Association was formed in February before the city actually was fully uh, created. And so this is our 10-year anniversary as well, and which is we're just excited about. But we had a couple key reasons that we were, um, we were founded. 
it. And it was meant to be, uh, the way I'd say it is you had the gov- you had the city government, and then you had the residents of Peachtree Corners, and you had the business community. And it was such a great way for us to pull everything together because a couple things that we said is, you know what, we want Peachtree Corners, and you'll hear the, ba- the taglines, a great place to live, work, and play. And we said we also want it to be a great place for people to engage. And one of the reasons I decided to get involved, and I started out in the role of the membership chair, was because I'd been working on so much international business and so much um, outside of the local community without having children in school and without having everything, it was as much of a way for me to engage in the, the city and to engage in what was going on as it was for me to also find out, hey, what kind of businesses might I might want to do business with that were in the city? And so I was able to leverage it, and it helped me educate myself and really get involved. And one of the core missions, even within Sanford Rose, one of the core things that we do is we take even a portion of our uh, sales, and we actually donate it back into the communities of our clients. So when we started thinking about the Peachtree Corners Business Association, I said, wow, this is such a better way for me also to be able to do that because I can donate my time, I can actually get to know more about what's going on in my community, and I can take kind of a bit of a philanthropic approach as well as also say, let's face it, we're all trying to drive business. We want to get to know people. But it was a great way for me to easily learn about others. And so when we formed, one of the things that we said, is we want to have meetings we are a membership organization but one of the things that was very that made us different because everybody always says what's the difference between um, the business association and a chamber Mm -hmm. and I said well we recognize we as all volunteers we can't we don't have the time to do all the economic development the Gwinnett Chamber does a great job with that we don't have to worry about that but what we did know we could do is we knew we could focus on learning more about organizations all the way from the smallest one one man shop Mm -hmm. or one woman shop all the way into fortune 500 and fortune 50 companies and what we wanted to do is we said you know what also makes us different is we don't have to keep our footprint in Gwinnett County we can go after metro Atlanta businesses we can expand and do things differently so a lot of our members are in Johns Creek they're in Duluth they're in Atlanta we have people coming from all over to cater and because we really want people who want uh, to help each other learn together and, and be able to support the community um, and so uh, being able to do uh, each month one of the great things we do is we recognize a local charity mm-hmm. and the PCB uses a portion of our sponsorship and membership dues uh, to actually fund what we're able to give back including scholarships and so we're just very excited about that. Well, that is one of the reasons that I'm so enthusiastic about your organization. I think one of the most recent events that I've been to was around the holidays last year, and you had Stephanie Stuckey as the speaker. Love those pecan rolls. 
Do you say pecan or pecan? Now I say pecan. Me too. But pecan. my husband says pecan. pecan. So I bet Stephanie says pecan. She too, says pecan. Southern, yeah. And I mean, just to be able to organize all of these uh, influential speakers and to uh, make sure that the dollars go in the right direction. Where I was going with that, I apologize. I warned you before okay. the show about my squirrel brain. I witnessed you guys give away three checks that that event mm -hmm. to three different charities and everybody got an equal distribution you know mm -hmm. an equal piece of the pie I was floored Lisa when I saw the first one that was fantastic and then I saw you recognize another and then another I said wow that is fantastic because the nonprofit dollar a dollar goes so far in the nonprofit world so the fact that you guys are so focused on giving back is one mm -hmm. of the reasons that I'm enthusiastic about the group um, speaking of support and giving back and giving away uh, as a part of your 10-year anniversary aren't you guys doing a scholarship donation we oh, are that's a part of the in fact one of the things this in uh, uh, we are giving away two scholarships to two amazing students uh, I could not be more excited we have notified them but we haven't uh, put it out yet but it'll be really shortly and we are so excited the fun thing about this is when we started the scholarship program 10 years ago we only could afford to do one scholarship and over the last couple years as we have grown we also said you know what we need to do two and I can tell you yesterday at uh, one of the PCBA lunch club events uh, one of our sponsors said Lisa if I if I increase my sponsorship level do you think next year we could do three Wow! and that's the kind of fun thing that I love and I said let's talk about mm -hmm. that because what we know is uh, the fun thing is we're going to be reaching out I've reached out to a couple of the previous scholarship winners over the years and we have actually been part of uh, doctors and uh, health care workers and people that that that's where, where they have gone and grown and so one of the things I'm hoping to do is reach out to all of them and be able to report back to our membership yes. of hey where are they now yeah. and look at what we've done and that's as much a part of our community is it's not the transaction it's the relationship Absolutely. and that's kind of it's the my core foundation of building relationships and that's what's important to us I can see how you um, you parallel that in both of your worlds I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of worlds in between just Sanford and PCBA mm -hmm. but your um, passion is evident and it is able to be spread across both of those entities speaking of events you guys throw really nice um, after hours events I've been to with great speakers like I mentioned mm -hmm. to you um, I know you've had some panel discussions thank you for having me um, participate in a moderator aspect talk about some of the things upcoming I know you shared uh, I think in May there's we something do. Going on. we're so excited uh, we have Lisa Anders with explore Gwinnett and she is one of our favorite speakers I know I I always call everybody my favorite speaker, but I think everybody brings a different aspect and a different perspective to the group. And uh, Lisa is going to be joining us because she keeps us appraised and helps us realize all the different things that are happening within the county, uh, within the hospitality industry, within the tourism, what 
all the different things that we need to focus on. And so she's going to be our speaker in May. And then one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is our September 22nd charity event. And we have identified our three great charities when you mentioned the Mm -hmm. checks. Um, Our event is September 26th or 22nd. Mm -hmm. And we will be then handing out the checks uh, to those three charities during the year end. And so we're just super excited about it. Um, I have a great board with a lot of great committees and and team members. And so in some ways, I want to say, oh, we, you know, it's not what I did. It's what's the talent and the community behind it that allows us to do so much. You're just, what is it? The what is the person in the orchestra? The, the conductor. The conductor. The sometimes conductor I feel like, even orchestra. sometimes I feel like the ringleader in the circus because we're corralling cats and we're just, but you know what? One of the core things we want is, yes, it's work, but if it stops being fun, then why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And so we try and make sure that everything we do uh reinforces those core values and if we can do things that reinforce our core values it all comes together and it's always fun and you have unexpected uh takeaways from events when you least expect them absolutely it sounds like there's a lot of uh your definitely intentional and very impactful as a group and I have to say just to speak to you mentioned kind of the circumference of the people that come um, the one of the reasons why I enjoy it is because it's off the beaten path you mentioned the chamber and while the chamber offers great resources it's pretty saturated if you are an active member you see a lot of the same faces when I go to PCBA I see a whole new array of people including some people that I've seen before but it is really a great resource like you said for the feeder markets to all connect. And I really appreciate the time that you guys take to bring all of those um, different communities together in one place. Well, and one of the things that was important to us, even when we we looked at like, how do we want to price our membership? And we wanted to start our membership at only $150 a year because we wanted the barrier to belong to be low enough that even somebody who maybe can't afford to be part of big organizations can still get able to participate. And we love our our sponsors Mm -hmm. and we certainly love our, our other members that help, but we wanted to make sure that uh, inclusivity and belonging and actually being able to engage was very important to us. I highly recommend um, those of you who are listening who are interested in partnering or sponsoring in any way. It is an absolutely digestible participation rate, um, anywhere from $500 to $1,000 for an annual sponsorship with great visibility on a monthly basis. What's the website people can learn more about PCBA? Absolutely. It's PeachtreeCornersBA.com. And uh, stay tuned because we've got a lot of updates that are coming in. Right now we still have our 2021 uh, charity event but what uh, you will start seeing the 2022 stuff going online Mm -hmm. because don't forget we've got our online auction so even if you can't come to the September 22nd event you still can get some great things and that will be all coming online very shortly that's exciting what kind of stuff are you gonna have at the auction well it depends on how good we can negotiate Mm -hmm. but we're looking at making sure we have some good trips Uh, I actually have been uh, notified that there might be some fun memorabilia things yes nice gift baskets Uh I've definitely heard some wine 
might be showing Ooh, up. Fancy. And I know that some of we can always rely on some of our great restaurants mm -hmm. to do some wonderful gift certificates. Yes. So it's just a really fun way uh, that we to can do back. some things that are really, uh, it should be fun. We're looking forward to it. Well, I'm going to um, peel back some of the layers here with you, Lisa, because we talk about all the things that you do for your organization, for your community, but I'm curious in balancing all of all of those tricks in your hat, what you do for yourself to remain centered and balanced and healthy and sane. <laughs> Not in insane. And, and sane. sane. Believe me. Well, there's days I wonder about insane. <laughs> but one of the things that I have found, and I don't grow plants in my house, but one of the things I call it digging in the dirt again. And one of the things I love is there's just something wonderful about getting to work in the garden. And even if I just do a couple small pots, getting, th getting to see those things, nurturing them and caring for them and doing those things and then watching them Grow. deliver to beautiful beautiful flowers. I'm a big hydrangea fan. So uh, I definitely enjoy. Oh, those are the ones that have all the beautiful, like the, like the, like bush, like all the little Absolutely. Ones. And one of the things we did last year, my husband let me totally redo the backyard. And I now have 15, I think, hydrangea plants lining the fence. They get and really big. They get big. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is we were, I totally said, nope, I don't want all this other I want hydrangeas. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure. So we're doing that. Um, I love to do uh, one of the fun things my husband loves to do uh, is fish. Mm -hmm. And he actually makes uh, fishing jigs on the side is wow. one of his hobbies. Do you live on the lake? Or we do you live did. Around the lake? We had a house. Mm -hmm. we, we actually just recently sold our lake house. Um, and we had two homes. And part of one of the things, I have a house in Peachtree Corners. Mm -hmm. And we had a house on Lake Lanier. But trying to keep up with both. I can imagine. was too much yes. and uh, so especially we have parents that live in Peachtree mm -hmm. Corners but it hasn't changed the fact that we love to do it yeah. and there's nothing better than uh, putting the boat in the water kicking back relaxing grabbing a good book mm -hmm. throwing a rod in the uh, line in the water and just chilling Riding so I, I interrupted you I apologize he makes lures he makes he does wow. this he started doing this this he thought at one point it could be a business and it's not. You hey, can't compete. He'd have to. I don't even know how many millions of jigs Etsy. he'd have to do. He can create Etsy. I'm sure somebody he would does. buy it. Well, he actually has a website. And he does sell uh, his. What's the website? It's jpjigs.com. And how do you spell jigs? It's J-I-G-S. Jigs. Okay. And uh, it's absolutely fun because he did it because he wanted things. He was constantly tinkering with things that he wanted because mm -hmm. he and one of his friends belonged to a uh, fishing club and they did some tournament fishing and he always wanted something different so it's always so that was always the joke when I'm when I go upstairs and I'm going what is in my tub and he's like oh I'm testing a new jig and I'm like can you get to this see out? the buoyancy <laughs> And hey, so at least he does quality assurance. He does. Yeah. It, that was always the joke of why he needed the lake houses so he could go out and test. I'm like, yeah, but but it was it was definitely we enjoyed it. We had it for about 13 years, nice. but we said, you know what, it's it's a lot to keep up with. 
And so it's good. So you enjoy um, going out on the lake and kicking back with a good book. And what else do you enjoy to stay sane? Well, and and I think that a lot of it is um, I've started doing more walking. You know, one of the the best things that happened out of COVID, you always have to look at what was good and what what was better. And one of the best things that came out of COVID is the gift of time to walk. Um, We have a, in fact, she just turned three years old. So we have a miniature Australian shepherd who needs lots of exercise Uh so getting that time to take those walks and doing those things are just so much fun Uh, so and it gives you that quiet time Mm -hmm. that time to unplug one of the things that I've I've had to teach myself is it's okay to turn my phone off and it's okay to unplug Mm -hmm. because um, you know what otherwise you're on 24 7 and and I will totally sometimes just having that downtime is so important I would agree with you. I hear lots of um, people on social media or um, meditation, et cetera, that say just connecting with um, outside, just connecting with fresh air. Like you said, leaving your phone at home, even walking in your grass barefooted. I know that sounds weird. No, it's absolutely grounding you with nature. Playing in the dirt, being in the, just getting back out. And that's one of the reasons right now. I actually have a brick and mortar office, but I also have an office at home that happened during COVID. It had been in a bedroom, but what I did is I moved my office to the sunroom. And so being able to literally, if I'm having one of those calls, I step up and walk out on the deck and say, I need a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely the best way to balance. To recalibrate. Well, I will say I'm not a gardener, but I enjoy I do enjoy fresh herbs like rosemary and basil and stuff like that. So maybe I'll try my hand at that. Get one it, day. get an arrow garden. What is that? That's one of those that you literally you can have it in house, mm-hmm. and it has little pods, and you can grow the herbs. Oh, and then when they garden. do, and I, we have one of those too. It's okay. wonderful. I'll check it and out. You all, it's almost total novice proof you can do it okay. it's like you'll you'll get good I'll herbs do a picture if i have absolutely success. you mentioned not having plants in your house i don't like having plants in my house either because like they're little bugs you can it's, never it's, keep well a little and bug they off always it. used to say lisa why do you have plants in your house because you kill them and and it's because for whatever reason i'd forget to water them or you know i put them in the wrong window i put them where i wanted them to be not where they needed to be yeah and so i'm like you know so i just don't and it's but what i found is that's okay. okay and reaching that point in your life giving yourself permission to say you know what i don't have to do this and you know trying to simplify the things that were work that maybe you didn't enjoy whereas being outside I did Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100% well we talked about what you like to do on your downtime we talked about all of the organizations that you serve enthusiastically I'm curious about where your inspiration comes from Uh, what is Lisa's why or who helped kind of along the way um, show you your passion to become the flourishing flower that you are today (laughs) too funny Um, well I think there's probably a couple of them that I really helped me along the way because one of the things that happened is because I graduated from college before I turned 20 I needed to make sure that I was surrounding myself with good influences and one of the jobs and my parents were so smart because my first job I started when I was uh, only 14 and uh, I had to get and I worked in a dry cleaners and I actually had to help press shirts 
I learned how to clean. I started kind of as the, the counter girl, but something about handling people's dirty clothes and having to learn how to press things. And my parents were so smart because they said, this is the job that you may have to have if you don't stay in school mm-hmm. and if you don't really do things. But the difference was I was able to learn from it because the owner of the dry cleaner said, Lisa, remember something everybody needs a service and everybody needs to be able to be good at something so if this isn't what you're going to do whatever you do be good and i will i cherish him because he had owned that dry cleaner that was what he'd done for his whole life but he made me feel so good at 14 years old even though i was sorting people's dirty clothes Mm -hmm. he made me realize that was still a critical service for somebody else uh, the another person that helped me so much and encouraged me and actually helped me with the seed money that I was able to use to buy my own firm was Art Lucas of the Lucas Group. Huh. And one of the things I had the opportunity to work with him for 13 years. And when it was time for me to leave, it was the right time when I chose. I knew I wanted to do something a little different. But when I started working for them, I had gone to school to be an accountant. I wanted to be a CFO. I wanted to do all those things. And what I discovered is he said, Lisa, it's not that you can't do this, but you know, have you ever thought that you might like people more than numbers. And I said, oh, thank goodness. I, I, numbers are great, and I like the process and the balance. But he was the one who said, you know, your name's on the check, but it did it ever occur to you that it's on the wrong line? And huh. I thought that was such an insightful thing for him to share with me because when I left the Lucas Group, I had been part of, I had been, you know, the CFO, I'd been the VP of operations, and I had done some things. And it, he was so generous with the way, even though at that time, it was before they had merged with Corn Ferry, it was before that, but he had set up a deferred compensation plan that rather than trying to deal with non-competes, what he had done is if you left the company and you went and competed, you forfeited your deferred comp to the people who were with the company. And so over those years, when when I retired from there, what was so great is I had been able to save, and one of the reasons I ended up going to AXA Equitable Mm -hmm. was because I wanted to make sure I banked my non-compete, and I was only planning on going there for three years, but it was the great way that I was able to save that money, so when I was ready to open my own firm, I had the seed money. Wow. And the third venture that was great was... Um, the senior vice president uh, at Axe Equitable that to this day I think he was one of the best bosses I ever had Um, because he helped me most people go from big companies down to small companies I was going from a lots of mid-size and small companies to a huge insurance giant Mm -hmm. and he said Lisa a couple things you need to learn you just need to sit loose in the saddle. Just don't ever fall off the horse. And there's going to be a lot of things that happen in your life, but when you're bouncing along, 
just remember there's going to be roadblocks there's going to be speed bumps all you have to do to get to your destination don't fall off the horse and it was such so many times i can visually see that and he had a plaque on his desk that said that it? said sit loose in the saddle and and every time i just have a little post note that says sit loose in the saddle and it helps me say look you're gonna see speed bumps you're gonna see roadblocks but just go with mm-hmm. it just bounce through it and it will all come out and you're gonna have to make decision trees but that's okay Wait a minute, what? Decision, uh, oh, decision trees? trees. I, Do tell. I, I visually see things when I start a project, mm-hmm. um, and I don't always have to know where I know the beginning part, and I know the end, I know what the end goal is. But what I do is I see things in flowcharts, mm-hmm. and everything's a decision tree. You start down, you head down the path. If you go right or you go left, there's decisions to make. But as you see it, you may think you're going to start in one direction, but, but as long as you know what your end goal is, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But you just have to remember what are the consequences of your choices and what's the reality going to be. But make sure everything you do is intentional. And if you feel good about it, it's okay to have to go and take a little different direction or hit a speed bump. Just use good decisions through the decision process. Hmm. And so I call it my decision tree. I like that. And it helps. Thank you. I'm fiercely taking notes here, as you said. I'm going to adopt that. Please give a shout out to the fellow that said that. Are you able to say that? Steve Bernthal. Steve Bernthal. He is amazing. Sit loose in the saddle. Just don't fall off the horse. Just don't fall off the horse. I was thinking our funny producer over there might have thrown in some little, um, like, Clydesdale stepping over there. He's not on it right now. Yeah. Oh, Mike. <laughs> now, Lisa, okay, you have, you've given me pages and pages of wisdom. You're like a sponge like me. Everybody that um, you've been around, you've learned something from. I want to just return really quickly to the dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who owns a franchise. I would say franchise. He owns three dry cleaners. Once you own the equipment outside of the space and your labor, the profit margin, Lisa, is ridiculous. It's crazy. 70% profit margin wants you own your own equipment. It's so crazy. I tell you what, nothing to sneeze at in the nothing dry cleaning to world. Sneeze about. <laughs> it just, the one thing that I learned was uh, is all of a sudden, especially nowadays, there's so much better ventilation. But back then there wasn't. Yeah, so in the hazardous. summer, you had no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. In the winter, you had no heat. Mm-hmm. So you, because they had to leave shop. all the doors and windows open to vent out the fumes. And now they would never do that. Yeah. But, but then they did. And all I kept thinking, my mom said, so you're going to be hot in the summer. You're going to be cold. And, and you're going to have and headache. I was like, I'm going to get through school. It was a hot, a big incentive to get through school mm-hmm. quickly. So I didn't have to do that because I worked there all the way until I graduated from college. Wow. And I do like how you just skirted past the fact that you were 20 whenever you uh, graduated. We won't get into that. You're right. However, that is quite the accomplishment. Well, it was one of those things where I was so, one of the things when I, you can kind of tell, when I decide to commit to something, I'm all You're in. in it, yeah. And and that was one of the things. And I knew if I was going to do it, I wanted to get out there and I wanted to get take charge to the next step. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm having to remind myself, though, don't run so fast, though, you forget to enjoy what's there now. And I think with age comes that wisdom. And I choose to believe it's not because I've gotten older, but I've gotten wiser. Don't run and so fast what? That you forget to enjoy the process and the things that are available for you because you know 
it's so easy at that point that just charge ahead but you go what are you missing because you were you were going 75 miles an hour and what did you miss out on did you ever have one of those calendars on your desk with like the motivational quotes or inspirational you need know, to flip but i never wanted to throw the page away because it was such a like nice quote so i just put it in my drawer you know I, what i'm talking i about actually have a banker's box with some of those and and you I, should write one well and what's fun is <laughs> with all these little with, well, one of the things and my mom was so smart in fact in so many ways my parents were also so influential with me but one of the things my mom told me to do and it's now a whole almost a drawer but she always would say, Lisa, have a file that's called your E for encouragement. And when you get a great note from somebody or you get something that really makes you smile or makes you feel good about something you've done, make sure and put that in your E for encouragement file. And when you're having a bad day or something really, you're discouraged or a deal falls apart or you, you lose something that was important to you, pulling out that E for encouragement and it touching those things mm -hmm. and remembering those memories has been invaluable. Wow. And so it's been something that at the time I was like, oh yeah, right, I'm gonna do this. But over the years, I found that it has been absolutely wonderful. I think I'm gonna start one of those. I, Thank it's you very wonderful. much. Similarly, but not quite the same, I am um, very, I like writing handwritten notes and cards, and when I receive them, they're so meaningful to me, especially in the, the digital age. It's kind of a lost art. It is a lost US art. Mail. And I have a chest that my mother gave me, and I save all of the meaningful cards. And similarly, sometimes when I'm feeling nostalgic or down, mm -hmm. I will go and I will read them. All of them are mostly positive, and from ones that I loved. And it's just so nice to see and to, to feel that in your to spirit To feel that again. again. Yeah. In fact, it was uh, about a, two weeks ago, I found a card from my grandmother, who's, mm. of course, since passed. But it was so encouraging to see she believed in me then, and some of the words she'd shared still hold true oh. and so you say you know what those mm. are the people that were special and don't forget that mm -hmm. and and I think that's what I've discovered is being able to be that person um, one of the things that my grandmother always shared was make sure Lisa you need to know your words can be absolutely impactful just make sure they're never cruel mm. And they never hurt somebody or cut somebody down to a point that you don't know how they're, you're going to impact. And that was something, you know, when a grandparent tells you that and you're a kid, you kind of go, mm -hmm. wow. But you have to remind yourself because now with everything in social media and everybody's so quick to bully something mm -hmm. or do something, it's like, you know what? We all get, we all have a 16 ounce gl uh, glass and we only have eight ounces in it. But is it half empty or half full? Stop and it. You should write fortune cookies or the calendar yeah. or something. I can't wait to spend more time with you so I can, I can keep writing down all of the fantastic things that you have to say. We talked about leadership, Lisa. We talked about both organizations that you um, lead. And we talked about community and some fun things as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Or is there anything else that you would like to explore before the show comes to an end? I've had so much time, so much fun with you. The time passed so quickly. That's awesome. Um, I think the one thing is just to make sure uh, I would tell people, uh, if you're not with the group of people, you're not surrounding with the people that you want to be surrounded by or people that you're, you're taking time with uh, are not helping you be the person you want to be or, or accomplish your goals, 
find a new group of people. There are some great people out there. And that's what I find is I want to surround myself with positive people, can-do people, uh, happy to help. Uh, but I think that making sure that every day I want to make sure I can name three good things, no matter how bad the day is, I can name three good things that happened every day. And if I can focus on that, I can pretty much do whatever I need to do. That's very nice. And I will leave our listeners with uh, uh, the quote that stood out to me. And that was, sit loose in the saddle, just don't fall off the horse. Giddy up, Lisa. (laughs) It has been so much fun chatting with you. Again, my guest today has been Lisa Proctor. Hope to see you guys at some PCBA events. You're welcome to be Lisa's guest or my guest. That's how I was invited for the first time. Check out the website to see all the fun things that they have upcoming. And definitely keep in mind that September 22nd event. You can participate online um, as well if you'd like to take a look at the auction off auction options um don't forget these shows are available 24 7 online at businessradiox.com but also you can find them on your favorite podcasting applications i listen on itunes lisa where do you listen to podcasts i actually i do listen to them on itunes and then i also sometimes if i click on my computer i'm still if i'm at my desk i i have them while i'm like even reading or you know or like take i actually take my lunch now that's one of the gifts i do is I take my lunch and I'll turn on a podcast and I don't even have to wear headsets. It's on my computer. Good for you. I love that. And this podcast is available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Stay connected with me on LinkedIn. I am Amanda Pierch, P-E-A-R-C-H. And go ahead and find Lisa too, Lisa Proctor. And there's our giddy up. Sit loose in the saddle. Just don't fall off that horse. This has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. And until next time, I'm Amanda Pierch. Have a great day.